Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Healthy Business Podcast. I have Rick Wagner on here with me. And without further ado, I'll let him take it from here and tell you more about what he does and everything surrounding that. Rick, thanks for being on here. Hey, man. Thanks. Um, uh, my name is Rick Wagner, and, and I own a company called BCIO Limited. And what we do is we go in and get to know a business really well and develop a strategic plan and budget for uh, the group. Um, mostly we work with companies that have grown rapidly and have not hired a CIO or an IT director yet um, and need somebody to construct an IT department or an IT strategy without source help, uh, whatever works for the company. And, and that's really the, the, uh, the fun in it for me is yeah. going in and getting to see different companies, how they work, getting to know the different personalities that run the company, um, and then working with them at every level to develop a workable IT strategy that enables their goals and doesn't supplant their goals. A lot of IT uh, can get grown organically in these young companies that are growing rapidly and they get advice from nine different people and you know they get this guy doing that and another guy doing this part and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing before they know it their budget's a little out of control and um we go in and we we analyze all that the it culture the attitude towards it in the company um, not afraid to tackle the heavy uh, topics like uh, CEOs that are anti-IT or uh, CFOs that are anti-spend. Um, we we try to show them that they're probably spending the right amount of money, but they're maybe spending it incorrectly and prioritizing things incorrectly uh, and being reactive instead of proactive and, and strategic. Nice. What are are many CEOs anti IT at this point? I feel like that'd be. I, I feel like that's a, not a common thought process, especially in today's world where most businesses are growing rapidly online. It's 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 an interesting uh, dichotomy when you get into certain industries where um, non business people end up as being CIOs. You run into mm -hmm. that quite a bit. Medical is good for that. Um, you'd think, oh, wow, medical's cutting edge and they're doing all this cool analytics and, and data compositing. And I can go to one website now and see all my doctors and all my appointments and bills. And that, that part of it is going uh, very well. But when you get into uh, private practices, large private practices, especially that have CFOs and CEOs, a lot of them don't have CIOs mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the doctors that are uh, now CEOs uh, don't really grasp how it can leverage uh, into profit. Um, and so a lot of my job is education of the C-suite going in there and showing them how IT ROI actually works. Mm -hmm. And for the just for the listeners, can you can you elaborate what does what does CIO mean? Just just so just so everyone who's listening is clear. Certainly, CIO is a term 
uh, chief information officer. It's it's kind of a legacy term now. A lot of people are calling the people in this role uh, CTOs now, uh, chief technology officers. So we right. actually do the exact same thing a CIO and a CTO. Um, but what in a CISO, a chief information security officer, oh, nice. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of those different differentiations. I wear all those hats in, in these roles that I take on with my clients. Um, we look at things from a very holistic point of view. So, um, and the CFOs are usually my best friends, the chief financial yeah. officers, um, because I'm, I'm a little unique, uh, a little bit of a unicorn in that I have a finance degree. Mm-hmm. I understand accounting and budgets and ROIs and, and KPIs and, and things that normally your CFO understands. Um, and I speak that language very well. So when we get to hammering out budgets, uh, they don't have to argue with me a lot. They don't. Right. We, we're usually right on the same page and I know their vocabulary. So there's no gray area when I'm operating with a CFO to kind of optimize a budget. Um, usually I work with the COO and the CEO in uh, the CMO, the marketing officer, mm-hmm. um, to devise an overall strategy for the future of the company. I work with the CFO to make sure that fits into the budget uh, and doesn't doesn't break the bank and actually produces a return on that investment. Nice. So to shift uh, topics just a little bit here. Sure. Uh, so. I, I am also a business owner. I own a remote fitness and nutrition company, just like how you're a business owner. So I like to ask everyone who comes on here, what do you think the most important factor in maintaining like a healthy work-life balance is? Boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. Yeah, I think boundaries is, a, you know, it's a much bandied word. Mm-hmm. Um, but in anybody that wants to have a healthy work-life balance has to develop clear boundaries uh, between their professional life and the personal life. Um, mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, that is very, very hard to do. And I've yeah. a couple of companies in my career um, and sold them off. And, and, and I found that um, it just takes a little bit of self-discipline and a little bit of self-indulgence. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, the entrepreneurs of the world are the great martyrs. Um, you know, we, we will throw ourselves in front of the oncoming train for our businesses. Um, and that includes letting our health uh, decline yep. um, and, and neglecting things like nutrition and fitness in, in favor of getting that two hours worth of work in, uh, you know, because someday when everything's perfect, you'll have that work-life balance. And then you wake up one day like me, 60 and out of shape. And uh, two heart attacks into a career, and and you realize, hey, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. change would have been better than perfection. Well, yeah, and and <laughs> and that and that's that is one hundred percent the primary like types of people that my business works with is people that think that I I need the extra thirty minutes, I need the hour, I need the two hours. When really, if you took the two hours today, it'll help you live. 10 years, 15, 20 years longer, and you exactly. can work five years longer, you know? And so 
the accumulation of time, I actually tell a lot of entrepreneurs too, and small business owners that I work with that paying attention to your fitness now will actually make you more money. I know a lot of people get caught up in like paying for coaches or paying for the advice or whatever, but just like your service where they, I'm sure, pay you a fee to help them make more money in the long run. You can make more money by being able to work longer, have more energy, feel better, and just taking a little bit of time to work on your own mental health. So that that that's kind of another question too, is what role of, of like mindfulness and mental health do you think goes into like entrepreneurship and, and running your own business? Well, that's the problem with entrepreneurship. You, you're passionate about what you're doing. Uh, it, it, it is also your living, mm -hmm. um, which, is, which is very difficult to manage because you're passionate about what you do. You love what you do, um, almost to the point that you're willing to neglect other things that you love. Um, and, yeah. and it's very short-sighted, unfortunately. You know, it's, it's not... It's not a it's not a mentally healthy point of view. Um, I don't have as much of a problem with that as a lot of people because I have a lot of various hobbies and uh, other things that I can do to distract myself from work. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been very fortunate over the years, uh, both running my own business and working for other people, uh, that I've had some work-life balance uh, to enjoy those things. And I think that is the biggest thing is don't defer that enjoyment. Don't infer that, uh, defer that, that uh, gratification for after your career or after you've made your money or mm -hmm. after some, you, you know, that's a legitimate stake in the ground. That's a legitimate part of your life plan is to have those goals. I'm going to make X amount of money. I'm going to have this many customers. I'm going to have a house that looks like this. I'm going to have a wife that acts like this. And mm -hmm. these are the things that I want in life. And, um, but there's already things you enjoy and you can't neglect those when you indulge in, in entrepreneurship. Um, because it can become very consuming. And, and my story speaks to that. I had a lot of interests, uh, probably see a guitar behind me. Uh, I play uh, music professionally since I was 13 years old. Wow. Uh, at, at a point in my 30s, I gave up music to pursue building a managed service provider. Uh, and, and that business was very successful. It had an 18-year run. Um, we sold to a major competitor here in town. And, and at that point, I realized, hey, I haven't played music in 10 years. Oh, man. What's wrong with me? Um, so, you know, I got back into it. And, and uh, you know, about 2003, you know, started you know, get that back out in the music community and playing in bands and things like that and having fun with it. Um, the, the motivator was my 2002 heart attack at age 39. Um, so. you know, I was, I was 39. I'd only been heavy for a couple of years. Uh, and, and I was still fairly fit. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, in fact, I was, I was running uh, cable for a project we were working 
I stayed late to finish up by myself and uh, and felt the pain in my back and, and went to the uh, ER thinking I'd thrown my back out. And they said, no, sir, you're having a heart attack. My uh, God. And, and it was right after I had sold my business and bounced out of the combined business uh, because of, a, would say, a lack of principle, mm-hmm. uh, the new leadership. And, um, and, and it was very, very stressful time in my life. You know, the, it wasn't financially stressful. It was, it was all the other stuff. I gained right. weight. I neglected my personal life. And, uh, you know, things were strained at home. Things were strained at the office. Things were strained everywhere. And, and the heart gave way. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, you know, kind of brings things into focus. Uh, so I did get my weight down and I did get back into shape and, and, uh, uh, and then actually in 2008, I was on a treadmill at a planet fitness and I decided to go ahead and see how far I could push. Cause I was really getting some, some progress in my fitness and it was, it was feeling good. And I said, well, I'm going to go in today. I'm going to hit the treadmill. I'm going to put a little extra incline in it. And I'm just going to give myself a stress test. You know, I'm going to see how far I can go. How high can I get my heart rate and, and still feel like I can breathe mm-hmm. and, and test it. So I put a really hard hour in on, yeah, yeah. on the treadmill and felt that old familiar pain in my back. And I said, oh, yeah, that's not a back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm really sorry that happened, man. I mean, like the going, going back to a previous point, the, uh, I thought you hit it right on the head with the th- thinking once you get to these certain points, like these financial points or the, these one, once I have this many clients, you're going to be happy or this, um, this house and, or this car. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, there's one on that guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a nice guitar. There's one entrepreneur I really like named Alex Ramosi. And then there's a book called the, the psychology of money. And both, both of them kind of touch on that to where, you know, they made their first million dollars. And that, that that's a huge milestone for entrepreneurs, right? Like you go out on your own, everyone thinks you're crazy. No one thinks you're going to make any money because you're going off like the, you know, the, the right path that everyone goes down. And right. so you own your own business, you make your first million dollars and then you, you're just, you're the same, you know, you're still, you're still the same guy that woke up yesterday who wasn't a millionaire. And then you're the same guy today who has a million dollars and it's the same, like, you know, and, and so you, well, find, and, and you the other thing that happens that people don't realize is when you cross that line, you realize that a million isn't that much anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, I'm and, and you sit, too. sit down with your financial planner and you go, Hey, I got a million dollars. Can I retire? You know, your dad could have, but yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's, yeah it's the same thing with, with buying a home nowadays. If you want a cardboard box with two bathrooms and a, you know, and a working toilet and you know, and, and about a quarter of grass yeah. around the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, we're kind of nearing towards the end here. So I want to give you the opportunity to just, Promote what you want to promote. Any last things that you want to say? Just feel feel free. The floor is yours, man. Well, thank you. Um, I think the first thing to 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 point out in summary about my story is that uh, now is the time to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I call it the airplane rule. And when I do consulting, I, I talk to CEOs and the, and the likes about this. It's the airplane rule. It's, it's put on your oxygen mask before attempting to help anyone else. That is absolutely the rule in everything dangerous in the whole world. If you're a firefighter, you tie yourself off first before you go in for your buddy. Mm-hmm. You don't just run in recklessly and wake up 30 years later, fat and out of shape with a couple of heart attacks and stents and, 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 and you hit all your milestones in your career and you're not happy because you're not healthy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no fun way to do it. And, um, so I, I, you know, in summary for our, in, in, in a plug for what you do, uh, I think it's more important to reach these 25 and 30 year old entrepreneurs about that. Besides who doesn't prefer to deal with a healthy, good looking individual as opposed to a fat, lazy looking individual. People, people really enjoy somebody that, that's halfway put together. You know, it's easier to sit and talk to that person. It's easier to trust that person. If they obviously care for themselves, they might care for their business and they might care for the client. Um, and, and so with that, I appreciate you bringing this to light. It's, it's definitely something that's affected my life and people can learn from my story. Um, you know, success is one thing. Health is the other. If you can get them both at the same time, you got the world by the nuts. It's, it's really awesome. Um, and then as far as my business goes, if, if you or anybody out there that you know is running a business and is frustrated by the technology side of their business, whether it's their internal IT staff, you're not sure if they're doing the right thing, whether it's uh, your budget, you're not sure if that's right. Your culture around IT, if that's negative and not uh, one of pro IT, it can help me do my job better. Um, then, then give me a call at, at www.bcioltd.com, BCIO Limited. Um, I'll sit down with you for a couple hours and talk to you for no charge and just find out if I can help you. And if it sounds like I can help you and I tell you that I can help you, I can really help you. And and that means turning around your budget, turning around your culture around IT, uh, turning around uh, your goals. One of my biggest roles is translator. You have IT vendors, you have IT departments that are talking techniques. You got CFOs that are talking dollars. You got CEOs that are talking ROI. And, and so who translates all that? That's my job is to translate that and go talk to the guy that works on the shipping dock because he probably knows what's wrong with the manufacturing process <laughs> and, and go, go talk to the guy that's working that machine in the manufacturing process because he probably knows what's wrong with management. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you work your way from the bottom up, you talk to vendors, you talk to clients and you get the big picture and then you put together a strategy so that IT transforms from a necessary evil into a competitive advantage in retention of employees, profits, sales, uh, client satisfaction, every level. It affects every level of a modern business. That's awesome. Well, 
Thank you so much, Rick, for coming on. And then we can stay after and chat for just a little bit. But thank you for everybody else who is listening to the Healthy Business Podcast. And Rick, thank you again. Thank you.